0: Hey, Danny, I am so freaking excited. I cannot even, not only just because I get to spend my morning with you talking to an amazing person, a person that I love, that I love to embrace, that I love to have a conversation with, that I can just tell anything on my mind, but I am so freaking excited because I am literally sitting in a hotel suite in the Venetian that's three times larger than my apartment in Seattle.
1: (laughs) So you're in a you're in a Vegas suite right now. I saw you in the show notes. I didn't realize you were there right now.
0: I am literally right here. I just flew so I literally flew into Vegas on Saturday. I had a keynote in front of 25,000 people on Monday. Immediately to the airport, flew to Washington DC, presented on Tuesday in Washington DC. Immediately got into another airplane after sitting in traffic for an hour and a half going to Baltimore to fly back right. to Vegas where I am now. And here's what happened, Danny. I get to the Venetian and I'm on the Microsoft rate of two hundred and twenty-five dollars a night. So, end of Venetian. That's probably like a room. That's like a room, like in a corner, right? right?
1: Like maybe, maybe a bathroom,
0: maybe. N- maybe a shared bathroom, shared kitchen, you right. know, situation. We're in a, a hostile type of situation in the Venetian. And, uh, you know, all I need, I've always said it, I just need a bed. Give me a bed, give me a place to shower, and I'm good. I don't need anything fancy. So I get up right. and Noah at the Venetian, he goes, he goes, oh, welcome, blah, 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 It's the Venetian. They're all fancy schmancy. And I get in late. I get you in like around 11 o'clock. I get in late. Yeah. And, he's like, welcome to the Venetian. I was like, I don't know. This guy doesn't seem really too happy. I don't know. And he's like, here's my credit card. Here's my you know, thing. You go through the rigmarole of giving all the, all the information to the hotel for no reason. And he goes, so we're a little busy tonight and we had to upgrade your room. And I go, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm like in like jeans and a t-shirt. I'm just like, yeah, cool. It sounds, sounds great. I love free upgrades. Right. And he goes, we had to upgrade you to our resident residential residence, suite and i go all right cool it's like sounds sounds great mm-hmm. and he goes it's a pretty nice suite and this is his tone too by the way i'm not just like being down okay. he goes, he goes he goes it's a pretty nice suite it has its own workout room in the suite and i go <laughs> okay <laughs> i i go all, all right i walk into the suite danny and The living room itself is larger than my apartment. I then go into... And there's bathroom one in the living room. So there's a bathroom here in in a walk-in closet. And there's like... It's like a, a table for 18 people. It's it's like a full, there's like a full kitchen basically and a round table for everyone to sit and like TV one. I walk into the bedroom, another even bigger TV, bigger than the TV I have at home and this huge thing, right? And then I walk into like the powder area room with another walk-in closet and then I get into the bathroom and you know you're in a fancy suite because there's not only a toilet, but there's also a bidet.
1: Oh my gosh, there you go. That's it. That uh, The bidet is is what every fancy schmancy place. Is it interesting to know that when you're in a place like that, you are sharing, you know, sharing beds, sharing items with people that, you know, probably like, you know, professional athletes, I mean, high level movie stars. I mean, the residence suite is for two things. It's for that, you know, that's another word for compulsive gambler who spends a lot of time at the Venetian who they put up there because he gives all their money back. And for the, you know, for the superstars, right? Yeah. So... I mean, I, I would put you there. That's where you rank. I mean, you're somewhere in my list between, you know, like Tom Cruise and Kobe Bryant. But, you know, that's in our world, you know, and yeah. in the Venetian, and Noah's world, you know, you're this guy who rolled up in t t-shirt and a jeans who he clearly <laughs>
0: resented giving an upgrade to by his tone. He was very upset. And then because as I continued to walk through this bathroom, which is bigger than our apartment, um, which had a full five person sized tub and a shower with two shower heads, by the way, two individually controlled shower heads in the shower. Then I walked into the workout room where there's a full treadmill with TV and Danny, wait for it, a sauna in suite.
1: That's just insane, dude. That, it doesn't that, like, make any sense. Like literally, you're describing it's insanity, right? And how many times have five people actually been in that bathtub? Is the, that's another show, though. That's not our show, but not our show. <laughs> okay. not, but that, I that now is. know
0: why Noah resets me so much because I got this hotel room for two hundred and twenty-five dollars a night. That is right. right. Thank you, Venetian. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: The, uh, the, the amount of like things and people that have gone on and gone through that room. He looks at you and he's like, this guy doesn't deserve it. But anyway, well, I have a story also for for uh, what's new with Danny. Not quite as exciting as the the where in the world is is Mr. Montemagno. Where in the world is Mr. Montemagno? By the way, that's a sweet ass jingle. It's pretty Why sweet. I like Where in the world <laughs> is Mr. Montemagno? Um, it's not quite as exciting as that. I, uh, For those who are regular listeners to the podcast, they know that I was teaching chess and kind of had a busy summer with in and out of the office and, and doing these
0: random chess events and You've been everywhere. You've been everywhere. You've been everywhere. Yeah,
1: keeping the ship All afloat the at chess.com. Yeah. What? What?
0: You've been not only just everywhere, but all over the internet too. I've been all like,
1: over the interwebs. Uh, um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun doing some of the stuff we've done lately. We've got Hikaru Nakamura streaming now, which is a renaissance in and of itself. We'll get into that in a bit, in a minute. But the big thing that happened to me is just hilarious because on a personal level, there was a time in my life, Mods, where this would have meant so much to me. And it really, and I'm not saying this in any way to be, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not trying to, to dismiss it at all or to pretend to be above the situation or be facetious. I'm just saying that this last weekend I crossed 2,500 rated, right? Right on the nose, but still 2,500 rated, which is kind of a, a milestone for professional chess players for the first time in my career, which is amazing because I've been there. I've been 2490 since, you know, you know, God knows when, since like, I was like 19 years old, you know, 24, (laughs) seven, I've been, I've been there forever. But, um, you know, with my, my life taking the turn that it did and, and being a professional chess player was no longer, you know, in the cards. And I, I, you know, do what I do now at chess.com and, and all that stuff. So I was playing this local tournament and I played phenomenal chess. Like I've looked at the games and I played like I played like I played, you know, grandmaster level. I played super. I played phenomenal chess. And like the fact that I was just there enjoying it, playing casually. I I, I was trying so hard to win this tournament that I took a bye. I mean, that's sarcasm, meaning I wasn't <laughs> trying hard to win the tournament at all. I took a half point bye in the third round to take Nash and Warner to see Spider Man. Um, which, by the way surprisingly good. I know everybody out there has been like, what's Spider-Man going to be? This is just another money grab by Marvel. You know, it's just like, what's the need? Do we really need another Spider-Man? Why introduce this character um now while we're so far along this, you know, this Avengers train, but they did a phenomenal job. Like the movie was really good. They tied it in well in terms of where the last, which was basically Avengers three left off Captain America, civil war. So I don't want to get too into it. I don't think you've seen it yet. Right.
0: I have not, no, but I've heard really good things uh, on the interwebs about it.
1: It was good. I, I was like, I, I was. It's one of those things where now, as a dad, when you have boys, like, I Marvel owns my my wallet for the rest of my life. Like, my boys. Like, I can't get away with saying, you know what, guys? I think we're gonna skip out on Spider-Man, cause I just get a feeling it's not gonna be that critical. Like, I don't have that right. I, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm all in on these Marvel movies cause of my kids. And so when they, when they nail it with a movie that I didn't expect to be very good at all, it just makes my Saturday. I was just so happy. Um, anyway, but then I came back and I won this tournament, Mats, and I broke 2,500, and like, like so, to put that in context for people who don't know chess, twenty five hundred is the minimum rating you have to be to be a grandmaster. Um, or you have to have at
0: least a grand. Are you a grandmaster now? Does that no? That but I, I mean?
1: have the I have the rating where I could be a grandmaster oh, if that was the comparison. Oh. Now is, is this that, the
0: fide 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 fide
1: fide fide fide? Uh, let's figure out. <laughs> it's fide, but yeah, um, fide. fide. Yeah, um, the International Chess Federation. No, this is not fide. It's the USCF, and so technically oh. you have to be twenty five hundred fide, which. Um, you know, is is harder to gain often because there are less FIDE rated tournaments in the U S. Mm. Um, and so there's less opportunities where like, you know, this tournament wasn't FIDE rated, it's only U S F rated. So, so okay. Like, it's not like I'm becoming a grandmaster tomorrow. I still don't have really any intentions of hitting the road again as a professional chess player. Although a lot of people on chess.com, a lot of people are like, Danny, go for it. You can do, do it. it. I'm ready. No, but. It's just, it's not going to happen, but I, I do, it, it was fun and it was kind of cool and it was like milestone that I think at one point would have been, like I would have been going bananas and now it's like, oh, look at that. I accidentally, I feel like it's like the day I accidentally crossed 2,500.
0: Well, first I want to say, Danny, absolutely congratulations. That is absolutely Thank bonkers. I was looking at 2,700 chess and like what it in correlation means to other chess players out there. As far as those numbers and, and what that number means, right, and it's it's kind of a huge deal because you know there's a huge gap from what uh, Carlson is at twenty eight, twenty two, yeah. right, to number forty five of Howe, which is at twenty seven hundred. I mean, but for you, I think it's absolutely astonishing and amazing because I followed your chess career, at least for the last 14 episodes. And <laughs> to see you grow to this caliber of player in right. such a I short mean, amount of really time. It's the
1: Blunders podcast. I mean, to see me grow in the last 14 weeks of Coffeehouse Blunders from 2492 to 2500 even is, I mean, who do I start with? Obviously, I'm going to start by thanking the Academy, um, you know, for even, I, I, then I got to thank my man, James Montemagno, and then, you know, Maybe my wife and kids, but let's be honest, they've been holding me back for years, you
0: know. Um. <laughs> Did you go out and celebrate this in any way? Was Spider-Man no, the celebration?
1: Not, not at all, dude. Spider-Man happened before I broke it. No, oh I just got God. home and I told the team. I told the team in Slack. I was like, hey, guys, I'm already the highest rated, you know, chess player on sal- on salary, you know, staff member. So they all, you know, for them, as far as they're all concerned, I'm, I'm already like one of the strongest chess players on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it was fun and, and whatever. It was actually funny because as soon as I posted it in, in the general Slack room, there was some initial congratulations and then instantly the conversation turned to, well, how was Spider-Man?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, we don't and care and about your 2,500. About how was Marvel
1: Spider-Man? And Spider-Man. And so anyway, so that's the deal as far as, you know, what was new for both of us. I know we have a lot to get to this podcast. I, I, why don't we let you start off because we've got some more listener, listener feedback. And a specific, you know, you think Danny would be the one getting the chess questions, but really, they don't want to hear about my rating. They want to hear from Motz oh, about geez. his opening repertoire. So go ahead, Motzi.
0: Yeah, back, uh, Ke- uh, Kelly Palmer is, is back, and uh, Kelly has written into the show many a time, so we really appreciate it. And this is just one that I picked out where uh, Kelly had questions for both me and you. And I, I do joke about my E4 openings, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that the I Lopez. love— you know, I love a good Lopez, and this is pretty funny because you can only really start an E4 when you begin as white, and Kelly asks, what are you working on when you're black? So <laughs> right,
1: it's a fair question.
0: It is a fair question, and I'll tell you what I'm working on. I'm working on losing every single time that I start as black. That is what happens. Um, I I don't want to share some of the games that I've played where I've opened as black and I've been utterly destroyed. Uh, right. And I think this is a fundamental flaw of of studying only openings as a white and not actually flipping the script to see how do you counteract those. Um, and I, I've actually I can say that this is something that I last night was playing. Uh, I was playing on my phone as I was waiting in taxiing. I was playing some five minute chess uh, live and uh, three times in a row I started as black and I lost every single time oh, and I know. felt like I blundered every single opening. And I can honestly say I just don't know how to do it. I didn't study. We need to
1: work on this. You know what? That's mm-hmm. going to be our project. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take a look at those games. I'm going to dive into your handle and and give you some tips. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. You know, just just because I want. You know, it is. There's a tipping point with chess players. I'm not even. This is not just like you know, general for entertainment during our podcast, whatever. Like as somebody who understands what that growing pain is like, there's a there's a tipping point where it's not to say that you're not going to keep playing even if you even if you lose, but there's if you are getting positions where you feel that much more confident, and at the very least, you're getting similar positions. If not, I'm not saying we're going to make you an opening theory junkie, right? Where you're playing moves out to move 25, and you know exactly what novelty Magnus Carlsen played last week, right? What I'm saying is, there's a tipping point where chess becomes so much more enjoyable, with just a little bit of knowledge, where at the very least, if you're getting consistent positions, this establishes the first steps of pattern recognition in terms of your analysis. Now you're no longer looking at every game is this random sequence of chess pieces where you either lost or won you're like hey like i tried to play the same opening danny taught me and this guy did this the new thing okay so at the very least regardless of anything else that happened in this game i learned one more move deeper in my opening right yeah and And it it really helps things
0: it really does and i'm really lost i just linked to you to this game that i lost in four moves um it's embarrassing and i'm gonna i already put it in the show notes it's game (laughs) two two one one seven nine eight two one one for our listeners.
1: Yeah, the old yuckmate. Yep.
0: Yeah. So he uh, Snorlaxia, which I think is funny because Snorlax is a is a Pokemon, and right. uh, opens with a e three. Uh, I right. open with a e five because I'm like, why not?
1: You play the better move.
0: Oh, I did. Okay, cool. yeah, and I play. It. Uh, yeah, I did, huh? And uh, uh, he brings he or she brings okay. out the queen to queen f three. I bring and so, out a knight so
1: already. I mean, I assume that many of those are are following along, and it's. Already, you have to know, if the queen is entering the game this early, your opponent has nasty intentions. Yeah. And it's also a dubious approach, as long as you are become fully aware. Because literally any—there are three moves you could play on move two here that aren't knight to c6 that would just put a phenomenal clamp on this. One of them, play the move—just play the move instead, instead. Develop the knight on g8 to f6, where you've now blocked the queen's direct assault to the f7 pawn. Mm-hmm, you yeah. could also just play d5, move your pawn from d7 to d5, and then you have two pawns in the center, and you're actually blocking this development that he did next with the bishop coming to c4. So I don't want, I don't want this to get too chess technical, but let's say the takeaway here is the warning signs, now that you've had a game like this, will be higher, and you will yeah. just know that the f7 pawn is... It's the only way you can lose a game that quickly, is by not just putting a clamp on those kind of direct uh, intentions.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a sad day, and I and I looked at it immediately, and I go, "Oh my god, I got to learn some openings, some opening defense." <laughs> so this was... so
1: this question by Kelly was uh, was well timed, I guess.
0: It was well timed when I opened it up, and I was like, "Yes, yes, maybe I, I don't maybe, know
1: maybe Kelly is Snorlaxia."
0: Oh my goodness, that would be like, ridiculous! Now, now then the it would be like.
1: Doo, 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 doo. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Well, well, Kelly did have a question for you too, and um, and and I, 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 I kind of didn't understand some of the terminology, so maybe you can just go through it um, in yeah. it really quick.
1: So he says, Danny, I love, or he or she, we still don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to. I, I I guess I'm thinking Kelly's a guy, but you know, maybe Kelly can correct us. But anyway, I love playing on chess.com. Plays daily. He loves playing fifteen ten, which is fifteen minutes plus ten seconds for every move. That <laughs> that fifteen slash ten is an increment that you get. Um, th- that's his favorite. Uh, he, he would really like to try an OTB, which stands for over the board tournament,
0: uh, OTB, uh, but he has didn't know no
1: idea was. how to even begin. Mm-hmm. If it helps, I live about an hour out of Seattle. So not far from a major city. So, um, Kelly, let me post the link in, in the show notes to some local, uh, chess organizations that I know there. I, I actually don't know. I'm sure there's a Seattle chess club somewhere in the heart of the city. There pretty much always is. And if not that, then I'm sure that there's an organization running regular tournaments there. Um, so one one way to do it is I will also post a link to the US chess, the USCF, which is the United States Chess Federation website um, where you can kind of follow uh, tournament they call them TLAs, uh, tournament listing advertisements basically, um, tournament listing announcements, I forget what the A is. Uh, but you you know you can follow tournaments in your local area, you can actually look them up by state. Um, so I would recommend just kind of starting at the local club and uh, and go from there, but I'll, I'll post some links here. As soon as we're done, I don't want to go search for them now, but I'll, I'll get them. By the time you're hearing this, Kelly, they will be in the show notes. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's what work.
0: That's what this—that's what this show is for, more than anything, is to help people fall even in more love with with chess, You know what I mean? And 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 and, and learn from my blunders of this game, and and learn because I didn't even think of that. I was like, I am actually interested in in now. I know what OTB stands for, kind of like o- over the counter, like over the board. Right. I, right. I've never even thought about, oh, is there a local chess club? Maybe on meetup.com people meet up like once a week and play chess. Like I never even thought of that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but well, there, there always
1: is. I mean, and there's, um, we've done you know, we try to bridge the online with the OTB world as often as we can um, because people have also accused chess.com and other major online sites of killing OTB chess because, you know, we've simply made it so convenient and the experience is so great that a lot of people are just like, I really love the game and I can kind of enjoy it from my home office, right? But I I, don't, I think that while the, uh, this is a little bit of a digression, but I, I think that the, um while the pendulum is sort of swinging that way now, you see someone like Kelly come along and I think eventually, you know, the online growth of the game, you know, blowing up the blowing up the chess world and using technology to to bring the game to so many of the people who wouldn't have it will will the pendulum will swing back the other way. And I only see chess growing and there being more opportunities for over the board tournaments. So kind of cool that Kelly asked that because that kind of proves me right. I've always said that to the local, you know, the local chess coach guy who wants to complain to me about about, you know, how online is killing over the board. And I'm like, look, dude, don't fight the hand that feeds you. The chess world has been full of starting, starving artists forever. There's really, the chess world isn't very big. Like we need more people playing chess. And eventually, you know, the more online chess is available, the more people that are going to be interested in like, Hey, I want to, I want to go, I want to build a community around this. Like who else plays chess in my local area? Let's meet up. Right. Um, and we actually do that. We we've used meetup.com and we've, we've held some big, like chess.com annual meetups and gatherings. Um, we haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, for the general public. But, uh, anyway, so there we go. I digress. And, and instead of digressing, I'm going to come back to getting to my favorite part of the show. You say you're here for, to learn chess. I'm here to, you always blow my mind. Um, but in some ways, it's different than others. And I can't wait to hear about this. What is Oates Studio? What, 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 why is technology ruining our lives? Or is this a good thing you're bringing us?
0: You know, I like to, you know, I love movies and I love the technology behind movies. Uh, One thing that is a detriment, I think, to the movie industry is the ridiculous amount of budgets that sometimes have to go into these movies that to even make it get into a theater. And what I've liked that I've seen grown is the huge indie movement over the last few years. I mean, it's always been ongoing, but also a switch to digital as a distribution method. And I am a huge fan of Neil Blomkamp. Uh, you know Neil Blomkamp, District Nine, Chappie, yeah, yeah. Um, Elysium. I love very futuristic. Neil is an amazing um, writer, director, producer out of um, uh, South Africa. He's a Canadian South African uh, film director. I love his stuff because it really fits in my vein. Sometimes it's a little bit violent, but um, you know it's futuristic sci-fi. And right. Neil has stepped away. And he's created a new studio to say, listen, we're gonna do something different. And it's called Oat Studios. And for a while they're just making like little they're, here's Oat Studios in a nutshell. Oat Studios, they want to experiment with film, whether they're short, long, two minutes, three minutes, thirty minutes, of different categories of doing something different. And what they do is they're using YouTube as their distribution channel, but they're also using Steam to say, hey, you can support our show by buying our digital package for $10. You get the 4K version, all of the assets, like the stuff that they're making for production, you get it all for like $10. You can subscribe to this, right? And these are super well produced. Like I am blown away. They have right now. I'm looking
1: at them now. I mean, some of them. I, I want to watch the the God one. That looks hilarious just looking at
0: that. It's it's really uh, cool. They have a volume one, which is a series of five different shows. There's Cooking with Bill, Raka, Firebase, super good. God, which is really good. Zygot, which is super good. These are all... Some su- um, sci-fi, some not sci-fi, but they're super well high produced shorts. Some are two minutes, some are three minutes, some are 30 minutes. And their idea is that, like, hey, we just want to try stuff out. We want to do, we want to break the mold. And we're going to use this thing called the internet. We're going to hey, break the mold. and do. the it. internet's not going away. It's not going away. I mean, that's what somebody
1: told me that. he wasn't a trustworthy source, but you get it.
0: I've heard I've heard that the internet is here for a bit and right. and they're they want to do full you know production stuff and uh you can watch a little when you go to the studio tab we'll link it uh it's phenomenal if it's not it's not a family friendly um viewing per se some of it's a little dark but uh it's really flipping good and if you, I wrote a micro blog that I'm putting in the show notes I have my which is a where, where's a place where sometimes things don't fit into a tweet and I want I don't want to put it on my professional blog, but somewhere in between. And I wrote a little, you know, little short thing about Oats Studios where I'm blown away because if you like Neil's stuff, his yeah. studio that he's put together, it's an amazing team of people. It's not just Neil, right? It's his, his studio of Oats. They're doing funky, weird stuff and I'm into it and I'm about it. And it right. really gets me excited about how technology is not, is, is can transform something like, like, like movies and shorts and, and say, can we, Hey, listen, can we get
1: a jingle for when you like really get going. Like this passion I hear in your voice, can we get like a Mott's jingle? Like all of a sudden it's like like you're just like fired up and I can just hear in your voice. Just how 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 awesome and excited you are. <laughs> I am. I can I'm not trying to make fun of you at all. I, I love it and I agree. But I just love when you get so like excited about it because I I think it's awesome and I also think that a thing like this needs to happen because as you know, there's so much money that gets tied up in things, but some of it is so much of it gets locked up in like studio and production process. So this guy's kind of stepping outside of the you know, the corporate bureaucracy of what it takes to make a movie and just being like, hey, here's some really interesting, creative stuff. And anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: It gets back to exactly what you're saying, expressive freedom, which comes out of multiple things, whether it's me writing code, whether it's someone producing a film or creating a song, right, we want to get our stuff out there. And, you know, there are a lot of people on YouTube that do a lot of stuff. But this is like, hey, like this is movie theater quality yeah, type stuff. Yeah, this is like that, super you know. high
1: quality stuff here.
0: Yeah, so anyways, go check out OatsStudios.com. It's in the show notes. If you're into this type of stuff, um, I've already donated money. You can just donate via PayPal if you want to, or you can go on Steam and, and download the stuff. And he's getting huge reception, but I keep sharing this with people because not everyone watches YouTube. Not everyone is going to know about this stuff, but um, I'm really right. super into it. So I'm um, definitely cool. checking out. I'm going to watch them all. Yeah, check it out. And Danny talking about revolutionary things and transformative technology, um, while chess has always been an OTB over the board type of thing. This week, uh, <laughs> it's
1: really been OTB. There is, a, there is a there should also be a jingle for Mots learned a new chess term. And then you like use it. Carl Magnuson. Like and then we'll have like an audio that replays all the things you've said or tried to say and butchered them.
0: <laughs> we we gotta have a uh we should have like a a, a chess dictionary. Or a Carl, a Carl just Magnuson
1: for me. or like every time you know, when you first started talking about the Rui Lopez, how excited
0: you were about it. You know? I'm, I get real excited about an E four <laughs> opening. Don't don't get me started. And uh, you know, this week in chess, I, I think some substantial things has happened. Yeah, has those, happened, have happened that really makes chess matter. You it it really it does. And it's um I think the big one
1: which I touched on right in the beginning we 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 uh got on we got off the beaten path talking about an anomaly that was not supposed to happen with Danny Wrench crossing 2500 but uh the real exciting thing that happened this week was Hikaru Nakamura who for those of you again who um you've heard us mention his name you know arguably he is the most recognizable name in the chess world today of active players who's not Carl Magnuson um but seriously if you're not Magnus Hikaru Nakamura, as far as online chess goes, is you know, has like the biggest cult following. I mean, when he plays on our site, two thousand people follow his games. Like people stop playing to go watch Hikaru for hours as he plays. Um, if you look up Hikaru Nakamura videos, I'll I'll post a couple links to some legendary ones. You know, people people who stream professionally, guys like the chess bras who are uh, not family friendly and very edgy, and so I just want to say that ahead of time. Um a lot a lot of uh crass sort of stuff that you may not like, but, but they are very popular. And then there's, um, you know, there's all kinds of other guys too that stream professionally. The, uh, I mean, Jerry at Chess Network is a very popular chess streamer and many of his most popular videos of all time are just watching Hikaru play. So, <laughs> so the guy's celebrity is huge, but what's never happened in the chess world, because they said it couldn't be done, Mots, they said it couldn't be done, is, is a super GM level guy. So this guy is number six in the world right now. Where is he right now at 2700chess.com? He just had a, Get a decent tournament. I mean, he's been as high as number two in the world. Um, so Icaro Nakamura is a three-time U.S. champion. He's been as high as number two. Okay, currently he's number seven, looks like. He's number seven right now. Um, and there are even a couple U.S. guys who are recent transfers, Fabiano Caruana and Wesley So from the Philippines and Italy. Not to say they're not um, Americans. I actually think Caruana was born in the U.S. Um, but but Icaro has been the face of American chess for 15 years, okay? And nobody has ever of that level has ever like built their own brand in terms of providing chess content. Now, now Gary Kasparov or even Magnus Carlsen has the play Magnus app and stuff. They, they've done Mm -hmm. things and had good teams around them to provide trainers that are essentially Leveraging their name and leveraging kind of like their position to, to provide training and, and chess tools that people, you know, and people like it because they feel like they're learning from Magnus or Kasparov and there's nothing wrong with that. But what Hikaru is doing is actually just like streaming for hours like you think of somebody doing with video games, right? He's just like turning on the camera for four hours and playing Blitz or Bullet and just talking smack. Uh, having fun makes fun of me, by the way. By the, uh, several of his moments in his shows that people just LOL'd about, her when he throws me under the bus, people love that. Because, um, by the way, I mean, I literally have two fat heads of Hikaru Nakamura sitting in my office right now that I'm staring at. So, if you're talking as about as everyone should, as if you're talking everyone about somebody should. who pushed the envelope in terms of making fun of chess players, I kind of did that, so I deserve it, right? I, I love it; it's hilarious. But um, you know, I, I have conversations with angry Hikaru. When Hikaro's mad, I have conversations with happy Hikaro when he's, you know, we had a good lunch, you know. Um, So these are Hikaro. He did something that no one has ever done. Now the closest is probably Peter Svidler, who's a, a very, very good chess commentator, uh, Russian g- grandmaster, who at some point was, you know, I, he's not quite at the level of Hikaro, so I don't think it's a fair comparison. Also, Hikaro has his own Twitch channel. Obviously, he he works with us at Chess.com, so we're kind of helping him build. But but Hikaro is really starting a renaissance in regards to. Like, he's already building a second career as a chess entertainer, which I think is really cool. And I think it helps because people say that, and let me just, I, I said that people say it couldn't be done. I just want to digress into a small Danny rant here for the, for the people that don't appreciate sometimes how difficult it has been to provide you know cutting edge more entertaining you know kind of like the really you know the style of chess commentary that I do mods i mean you know like you know having fun you know i i say crazy stuff sometimes offend people but also shows that chess is a super can be a super interactive uh game where you can have a lot of fun like like people compared to like esports streamers or video games and as we've done more and more of that and and also provided um really educational i guess you call it old school chess style commentary um I think there's been people in the old school chess world that have been always on the edge of like, kind of like, all right, where is chess going? And certainly things I've heard all the time since I've been running chess.com is, all right, we have to hire producers to produce these shows if we're going to have GMs like Hikaru Nakamura come on. Because they can't learn it themselves. They can't learn the software themselves. He can't stream himself. He's not going to be able to produce it. He can't, he can't, you can't have Hikaru start his own Twitch channel and tell him what to do. Well, guess what? Yeah, you can. And these are some of the smartest people in the world. I think that they can do all this stuff. And no one has ever like created an environment where like, look, instead of us like holding their hand, let's just like provide them with the exposure and resources that someone would kill for with the platform of chess.com and say, Hikaru, go do your own thing. And like, and, and, and stream on your own and we'll help you and train you. But like, why not? Why, why can't Magnus Carlsen, all these guys, they play all the time, like be doing things and interacting directly with the fans. I mean, the world's best video gamers and in terms of, you know, League of Legends or Dota, all those guys have their own channels and people know them and cheer for them. And I know it's a little bit of a strange comparison, but why? I mean, like, I think that people want, one of the things that has been so difficult for the chess world to grow is their you know, there hasn't been enough of a direct connection or a reason to care about the best players in the world. And we talked about how poker did that. And I still remember the names of players, you know, that I, when I started following poker, pretty much after rounders, right. I knew who Phil Ivey and Chris Moneymaker and Phil Hellmuth and all those guys were. And and you get into the personalities and, you know, you, everyone always hated Phil Hellmuth, <laughs> like just whatever, <laughs> right? I mean, I think that, I think that chess needs this so much. So I've just been so excited. Um, unfortunately, Hikaru, we started doing the middle of uh, some, some tech issues, uh, you know, that we've had on chess.com, but we'll get through that. It's just growing, pra- growing pains and, so there's my, there's my rant about why this is so cool to have somebody of Hikaru Nakamura. I mean, he's still a world championship candidate, technically. I don't think he, um, will, will get there. I, I don't see him as, as the most serious contender for Magnus Carlsen at this point in his career. I think he still has a chance and I, I obviously support Hikaru, but I think regardless of that, he's a, He's a, he's a GM of the caliber of level that is, like, you know, very, very rarely happened. Like a once-in-a-generation player who's streaming and doing his own stuff, which is—and he's surprisingly good at it. His commentary was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, like, you can—so I will—I have to comment on this, because I sat down and I watched your chest today where you—it's it's interesting, because— It is, I first streamed, I did a play for Planned Parenthood streaming. I was trying to get into streaming and you would think, oh, James, you know, he can play video games. He can code. He talks professionally. He does podcasts. It is really hard to do things and talk at the same time and look at a webcam and look at a chat room. It is difficult. And you have done an extremely Amazing job doing so and commentating. Um, not only just uh, t- just today, but also when you do live streams and when you break down things, it is a different world. And I think it's hard because going from a profession of just saying like I chess or like being streamed live is different than streaming live playing a game. Exactly. Looking, at I this.
1: think that's a key distinction you just made. Being mm-hmm. streamed live is different than actually doing it yourself, right? And the yeah. responsibility of producing the show and engaging with the chat and, and providing a really interactive experience. So for someone of his level to do it is something that really has never been done before. Sorry,
0: go ahead and I agree I think I I was watching and I think over time he started to kind of break into you can see like the stream was having like here you're learning the streaming technology and learning to interact but then also he's playing like three minutes blitz so you don't really have time to do all this and and after a while and you go further into the stream kind of watching um, him evolve and I think it's going to be really fun a week from now two weeks from now three weeks from now as Nakamura keeps doing this to actually watch this stream because it's going to be quite entertaining especially when He feels really comfortable with it and it's going to be, I think, something that's really going to, because honestly, it's only been a few days, but his first stream already has 40,000 plus streams on YouTube. I was, I was just YouTube. about to say that,
1: like, if it's people want to know, well, is it popular? Like, we talked about those videos you really liked that I did, where I did commentary for Magnus and Nakamura when they played in Norway. And, okay, so after not uh, about a week, it has it has about 39,000 views. Okay, that's not our worst performing video. Pretty good, right? I mean, Hikaru's video was produced, like, yesterday and has 42,000
0: views. <laughs> it's like, like,
1: yeah. it's nuts, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's bananas. Um, so yeah, so, it's bananas. Well, that's uh, fun. Really so that's cool. what the
1: chess world was all about this
0: last week, really. It's bananas. Um, yeah, I really, I'm really excited to see this and to see if other. I would be super curious to see if uh, if Magnus was able to do this because his his mind, it's so interesting how it works and just to see him like break it down um it would be really interesting to see other chess players do this but uh yeah it was fun to watch uh nakamura not only that because he's also like in his kind of home turf right you kind of see this different side of of him which i think you were talking about when we do the when you when chess.com did like the blitz tournaments and these other things you're seeing these um chess players in a different environment they're not in this huge chessing buying being photographed by like thousands of people, you see people
1: quiet. No one's allowed to cheer or, you know, it's rude to go talk to them before the game and all those things that are just, which is understandable. Chess has been that way. But I also think that, you know, you want the game to grow. You want people to be, to be invested and they don't get invested unless they know someone, even if they don't know the true inner workings, you know, people want to feel emotionally invested. I mean, that's why you see, you know, Fans defend, you know, uh, someone on their team after they've done something terrible, right? I mean, like yeah. people, fans yeah. is fan is short for fanatic, and though we, we're not encouraging anything crazy, the point is we want chess to grow because the game does have a lot to offer. It's, you know, it's all the things we know it is, um, as far as being a symbol of strategic thinking and good for kids and their cognitive development. So why not why not do some things that help the game grow by by providing more of a face and a direct connection to the world's biggest chess personalities? Basically, that's our that's our view.
0: Yeah, I love it. I'm excited to watch even more of it. Um, get to watch you, get to watch Nakamura, get to watch all this crazy events that are happening in the, the chess world and also learn how to actually make my first move when I'm playing black. That is my goal for this week. I'm going to yeah. report back next week and uh, do gonna
1: better. That's going to be the Moth Asks International Master. We'll just say that we, we, you know, you asked me how to improve your black repertoire, giving you this advice, F7, big weakness. Let's not let that happen again, but we're, we're going to work on this. We're going to give you some tips.
0: I'm excited. Yeah, and, th- and that's it. I think that really Kelly helped ask an international master of what to do, and I think we'll report back on it. I, I-, I don't really have any other questions except for I just want to say again, congratulations, Danny, on the 2500. I was looking at the uschess.org, um, uh, which is your um, – all of your events. It's a beautiful website, <laughs> um, and,
1: <laughs> U- and I can see The uschess.org website is really a – it's a mecca of forward-thinking design um, and just intuitive and, uh, you know,
0: yeah, you put, po- so. you posted this link and I go, I don't first, <laughs> I looked no. at it for about 10 minutes. I go, what is this?
1: <laughs> right. If it, you first clicked it and then you froze, you were sent back to 1998 and you were frozen and then, and then you unthawed slowly. And, uh, no, that happens. It's, uh, the U.S. Chess website. If you go to the U, the new US chess homepage, they've done a facelift, but they're, they're back end, and uh, that's a whole other discussion as far as the dysfunction of the chess world. And uh, the USCF is not, mu- it is better than Fide in terms of the Russian oil money corruption, but it's not, it's not the most well oiled machine, I guess you could say. So I love anyway, it. that's a whole other story, yes, but uh, Matzi, I love you, buddy. I Good love talk. you too.
0: Yes. Everyone write in, go to blunders.fm. You can leave the show feedback. Go look at this uschess.org. Uh, Send all of your congratulations to uh, at Daniel Wrench on Twitter. Let's fill his stream with congratulations on the twenty five hundred. He is soon going to become the next grandmaster. I'm excited to follow your career over the next fourteen. Well, as, as, as the great, episodes. as
1: the great, I'll end, end the show on this because many of you don't know who he is. But as the great and now late Emery Tate, uh, Emery Tate was a, a very very well known uh, chess player in the U S and uh, passed away at a rather young age. But uh, Emery, Emery had the biggest chess personality. And when he was interviewed right after making IM, they said, well, Emery, you've made IM. What are your plans from here? He said, well, first of all, I plan to win every single chess game I ever play. And that was his answer. <laughs> so anyway, that's my goal. First of all, Danny, I, I plan to win every chess game I play from here on out. So that's it. Perfect.
0: Well, there you have it. Right. Until next time, man, I, I love it. This has been amazing. I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. See you next week. Peace.